I want to go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, it's the last verse that has been laid upon my heart uh, to minister, as it has for some time in uh, my home church now there in Bryn Mawr. Um, Peter says, for you were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Um, I believe that here we have one of the clearest statements to describe a Christian. And there are three things that uh, lend themselves to me, and I trust will indeed be brought to you. Um, and the first thing is that Peter is causing her to understand that there's been a realization that has come to us. Something has happened to awaken us. Something has happened to cause us possibly to stop in our tracks. And to consider not just the temporal world in which we live, but to consider that we are not here always. That's why in verse 11 he talks to them as sojourners, because that's what we all are. We are here, having started in our mother's womb, been born into this world, and we have gone through childhood and adolescence and into young uh, maturity, and there are those of us now who are going towards the end of the journey. We are pilgrims. We are travelers. We have no continuing dwelling place here. And so it has pleased God to make you realize to realize something has to happen. Because it is evident that the apostle is quoting from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53, that amazing chapter that leads us to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there you remember it in Isaiah 53, it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The awareness that again, as he says in the earlier verse of the Lord Jesus Christ, he himself bore our sins to the tree in his own body, that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness. And so we have some insight given to us as to why Jesus ever came. That ultimately, it was to go to the cross of Calvary for your sakes and for mine. And so the apostle says here, you were, but you now are. 
something radical has changed. Something so amazing has taken place. So that the Apostle Paul, in his testimony, he can say clearly as he writes to young Timothy, I was before a blasphemer and injurious. I persecuted the church. But I obtained mercy. And oh, that blessed statement that he makes. As he writes to the, sec- the second letter to the Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, in my notes, I've got a little word that says, pause. And I'd like you to pause this morning. Whether you're here in the chapel building, or it may be that you're watching online, and ask yourself the question, has this realization come to you? That you have recognized that you were aimlessly living this present life, going your own way, as the prophet says, doing your own thing, indulging yourself in your own pleasure, in your own desires, in your own longings, that which made you happy. But you were stopped. And it dawned upon you that you were a sinner, condemned, unclean. You're able to say this morning, I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. And I found in him a resting place. And he's made me glad. Oh, my dear friend this morning, can I ask you, are you glad to be a Christian? Are you glad to be able to say this morning, yes, I was. But now I am. Now, the second issue that I believe that the Apostle Peter brings to us is the issue of repentance. Because it is evident that he says, you were our sheep going astray, but you are now returned. In other words, you have had your life turned around. As he writes his letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul can say to them, you turned to God from your idols. This amazing roundabout turn has taken place in your life because that's the essence of the word repentance. It means to turn around. Whereas at one moment you are facing the world and all that has delighted you. But now you have become sickened by it. 
Now you become sorry for what you have said and what you have thought and what you've done that has brought a frown to the countenance of a holy God. And you've turned to him in repentance, in sorrow. And you've caused, oh, your heart to yearn for his son's work to be applied to your life. Um, so that the apostle says, you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath that is to come. In the prophecy of Joel, we find that the word of God is brought clearly when God says there in Joel chapter 2, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn, turn, even to me, with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, so that our blessed Saviour, when he dawns upon this planet of ours and begins what we call his public ministry, there in Mark chapter 1, he begins by saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And what a gospel it is. The word means good news. I dare to say, my dear friends, that tomorrow when you turn on the news, it'll be bad. It will be that which will cause you despair, despondency. But oh, what the gospel has to tell you is that there is a living and a true God in heaven who loves you. And has loved you with such an intensity of compassion. Passionately desiring for you to be saved. So much so that he sent his son knowing. Knowing. That he would be despised. And he would be rejected of men. He would be a man of sorrows. He would be acquainted with grief. He would go through indescribable agony from the hands of men. And the wrath of a living God would be poured out upon him. But what does the prophet say? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. He himself bore your sins on the cross. In my place, condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. I'm currently having time with a number of boys who have quite a background. And they've come to rejoice in the fact 
that the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives him. Will you not turn, my friend? If you're not a Christian this morning, can I plead with you? Oh, that you would turn from your sins. But will you not even now stop and ponder where you will spend eternity? One of the early memories I have as a boy is my dad telling me that I had a soul. I didn't understand what he was saying. Where was my soul? I could see my hands. I could see my feet. If I looked in the mirror, I could see my face. But where was my soul? And it was years later that God revealed to me. A Sunday school teacher, when I was five years of age, said to me, remember, you must be saved. Again, I didn't understand it. But God was gracious to save. And this morning, my dear friend, God is even now pleading with your heart by his Spirit, will not repent and believe the gospel. And let me tell you, after 57 years of being a Christian, you'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. Happy day when fixes your choice on Jesus, your Savior, and your Lord. Because, and here I come to my third point, the reassurance that is given. The apostle says, you have come to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. You see, we are coming to a person I, I believe that, uh, and I, I say this to my own regret, that there are times when we forget that. Uh, sometimes we think that we're just part of a religion. But we're coming to a person who is real, who's alive, who's conscious, who's understanding who's caring, who has feelings. Lord Jesus Christ is not an idol made of wood or stone or iron or brass or marble. Peter says in 1 Peter 1, whom having not seen you love in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. We live in a day when we are unsure Current affairs are such that we feel unsafe, unstable. We do feel insecure and isolated and ill-protected. 
But there's that lovely hymn, isn't there, that Priscilla Owens wrote, We have an anchor that keeps the soul. Steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. You see, being a Christian is not joining an organisation. Nor is it being a member of a sacred society. It's not being part of a friendship organisation. It's not following a set of rules or being ordered according to certain principles. It's entering into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who loves you with such a love that he could say himself, greater love has no man than this than the land laid down his life for his friends. And then he makes that amazing statement. And you are my friends. Oh, my dear, dear one this morning, whether you're here or whether you're at home, can I implore you? Know him. Love him. Because you see, the union is passionate. We love him because he first loved us. Can I ask you, as I pass by, do you love the Lord this morning? You see, he's a unique person. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's an unbreakable power that is afforded to us. The Lord Jesus himself says in John chapter 10, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. Can I close by quoting a hymn that I learned when I was fairly young? There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour 
that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one. No, not one. Will he refuse us the bliss of heaven? No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. We're going to sing our final hymn, which is in Christian hymns, and it's 528. O Christ, in thee my soul has found, and found in thee alone the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss till now I know. Now none but Christ can satisfy, none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. It's 528.
may grace, peace, mercy from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide in and upon each of us this day and until Jesus comes for us or he calls, and then it will be forevermore. Amen.